As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Schooner Magooner. What's up, dude? Schooner Magooner. Now I'm on a boat. Yeah, not a lot going on. Phillies no hitter last night. Wonderful. I Go know. Phils. Go Phils, baby. Go Phils. I posted it now. I'm, I'm just going to post an obnoxious amount of Philly stuff. Because of the comment that we got was which was a positive. It was your I, I I made it a positive. You thought it was a negative. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But I will share. I had um you know you have like those core moments, like some some things you do and you're like, wow, like this is this is something I'm gonna remember forever. Yeah, when you're laying around a sound bath. Yeah. So I was yeah. laying around in a sound bath reminiscing. No. Um I had the pleasure of taking Poppy to her first Phillies game. She's been to a lot of baseball games, but she was so little she doesn't remember them. But we went to like our first game together, me, her. Oh, and core memory. Yeah. I thought you were pointed at your chest. I thought you were talking about your core. No, like no, no, core no. muscles. Core memory. Okay. Yeah, sorry, core <laughs> like, memory. What are you talking no, no, no. About? I'm talking okay. like inside out, like the movie. Like, yeah. Core yeah, memory. Yeah, yeah. And um I took her to the game and it was one of the coolest experiences I think I've ever had with baseball. And that's saying a lot because I've done a lot and been to a lot of games, but it was like one of those moments where like she's sitting there and she's getting all gassed up because the fanatic was running across the field. Oh yeah. We were up in the 300 section. So we got like full blown Philly. Like she got to experience that. We had three people behind us. And this one chick was like, yo, this dude's ass. He's ass. This guy's cheeks. And I'm like, welcome to Philly, bud. Like, <laughs> Is it a weeknight or weekday or weekend? It was uh, Thursday, I think. Okay, yeah, those weeknight games get rowdy up in those three hundred. I know sections. that. Yeah. That was my one thing when I got the tickets because, like, we got them last minute. And I just got the cheap ones, like, um, like section three hundred nine, I think it was, and we went up there. That was in the back of my head. I was like, I've seen more fights up in the three hundred section than anywhere else on the planet. Yeah, but nobody got that. Be rowdy. a core memory for Poppy too. Yeah, <laughs> she sees a guy get haymakered off the top yeah. row. <laughs> but no, we had an amazing time. Her favorite player is Bryce Harper, uh, which is Good. you know as is ours. I think everyone's favorite player is yeah. Bryce Harper, for the most part. Yeah. But anyway, that was uh, that was my highlight for the week. It's a good and, highlight uh, for the week. Yeah. So All I'm trying right. to focus on that. I'm trying to focus on the happy stuff because I've been bummed out. I like it. I'm mm -hmm. into it. But anyway, we had um, an eventful week in the Bravo world. And obviously, anybody that keeps up with Bravo, you've seen what's been going on. We're going to do this immediately because it's something that needs to be addressed immediately. A lot of people reached out to us, actually. And because we don't cover Below Deck or Below Deck Down Under, a lot of our listeners reached out to see if we were going to be touching on this topic. And I feel as though... It's important that everybody touches on this topic. I also feel that as two straight guys in this realm of Bravo, uh, that it's important that we speak on it and address it and discuss it. So this past week on Below Deck, we saw a horrible, horrible scene take place in which one of the crew members sexually assaults another crew member. Um, it's the first time, I think, on any TV show, or at least that I've seen, where you actually see the act take place, you kind of watch it all transpire, you watch the stuff that happened beforehand, afterwards, it was very raw, it was very emotional, it was very real, I watched it with my wife, uh, Dev and I were standing there, and I literally had to get up and like walk around, I was so uncomfortable, but this is something that 
this transcends reality TV, right? This yep. is more important. This is something that actually took place and something that alters lives. You know, sexual harassment, sexual assault changes the paths of people's lives. And what we saw was a man get drunk, get naked, and get into another woman's bed while she was basically unconscious. Completely asleep. Yeah, yeah. she was asleep. She was so drunk. He had absolutely no business being in there. And here's my stance. Here's my statement on this, this whole thing. Watching her afterwards trying to make sense of it, watching her go back and forth with herself, is it my fault? Was I too drunk? Was I too flirty? Hearing Laura echo those things, which was awful. She was so fucked up, and she's sitting there telling Margot, who went through this, if he'd come to my room, I would have welcomed it. If he'd done this, like he should have been with me. This is karma because he stepped out on me. He should have just stayed with me, but this is what you get. Sober the next day. I know. Talking about that. Like, it's wild to even see something like that transpire. I think the captain handled it really well. Yes. Overall. Captain Jason handled it really um, well. Shout uh, out to Bravo Production for sure. For stepping in. Aisha. In. Um, Aisha. Head crew was incredible. She had been through something similar and didn't have anybody there to advocate for. Her, so I thought it was really interesting to watch her towards the end of the night. She kind of, she scoped this out early. She saw the way that Luke was acting. She saw the way that he was looking at Margot and acting towards Margot. They were in the van on the way back and she was asleep on his lap. And somebody made a sex joke, not about her being asleep, but just a sex joke in general. And he was like, yeah, later. And they were like, no, 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 you shouldn't even say that when she's like that. But here is the things that I saw from Luke. This is not the first time he's done something sketchy like this. This is somebody that was comfortable in that space. And I think that's important to point out. You see a guy that drunk but he's navigating this the thing is anybody that leans on the well he was so drunk like blah 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 this is the problem with with the world in general that's not a fucking excuse you know how many people i know guys that have been blackout drunk that have never been in this kind of position not even close yeah it's not an excuse if you feel that you are able to do this if you feel that being drunk this part of you can come out this is who you are it's inherent it's how you were made and like i can't believe that we had to watch as Margot sat there trying to come to terms with it and see somebody pretty much tear it down and be like no this is your fault and it fucking sucks and the most important thing i want to relay is that when it comes to sexual assaults when it comes to sexual harassment when it comes to exactly what we saw on this boat there is never an excuse being drunk is not an excuse Trying to act like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal is not an excuse. Boundaries are boundaries. No is no. There is absolutely no world in which this is okay. I hope that Luke gets everything that's coming to him in the most negative way possible. I hope Laura never finds another fucking job. It's deplorable, and thank God Aisha stepped in. Thank God Captain Jason stepped in. Thank God that this was handled the way that it was. Thank God it was on camera. How about, I mean, Honestly. countless amounts of people that go through this there's no camera there there's no production that's watching your every move that's there to step in if it was just Aisha trying to go after Luke to get him out of that room she may have failed she may have failed the production one. was there to save everything they handled it so well and honestly they saved a really bad situation from getting even worse yeah yeah and you know we just wanted to discuss it we wanted to talk about it our stance on it um but I think that something positive that can be taken from this is watching how it was handled I think the most shocking thing for me was how calm, cool, and collected people were on the boat. I mean calm, cool, collected in a positive way. I think that by not escalating and getting physical yes. and dragging them out, it actually made it better. That it was smoother. They just got them out of there. I don't think that violence was the answer at all. I think they handled it 100% perfectly. I'm just saying 
it's surprising to me that it, it was handled as smoothly as it was. And like, yeah. that's off to them. But I mean, it could honestly be because you have to imagine they can roll back some of the film right away and just show it to the captain. Like that's a decision that you have to make. I mean, when we even dug into blow deck last year, you see things happen and the captain has to make a snap decision. This is, I mean, it's a no brainer when we're looking at it from here, but when you're on the boat, you have no idea what's going on. You're just hearing stories, finding out what happened. I mean, Luke is a no brainer. See you later. But then to hear what Laura said for him, I feel like for the captain to just completely dismiss her right away is important because not everybody's going to do that. No. Maybe they're going to give her some time to figure it out, make some excuses, see if anybody can corroborate the story. Maybe Margo was just kind of in a shell-shocked state or whatever, whatever the fucking way you want to spin it is Laura. Like you said, it was handled cleanly. It was handled quickly the very next morning off the boat. We're going to get some replacements on here, make sure that you guys aren't short-staffed. And at that point in time, you're not going to see anybody complain about being short-staffed. No. They know what happens. They know what's going on. They're just happy that it didn't get to the point where it's even worse. Yeah. And it really could have been. And yep. it was, you know, it was the worst episode of TV I've watched. It was really hard to yeah, watch. It's jarring. Jarring. But, it's, but I would also say it's equally important to watch something I'm like glad, that. I'm glad, yeah. It, it, yes, it's uncomfortable. But sometimes the things that make you the most uncomfortable are the things that you need to see because it actually kind of shapes you and puts your mind into a different perspective that maybe you weren't there before. So seeing an episode like that, while it's uncomfortable, while we have to like get up and walk around, clear your head after watching something like that, it's still important because now we're sitting here talking about it. And even if we didn't have a podcast and we watched that episode, we'd still talk about it. Yeah. People should be talking about it. And absolutely nobody should be defending the other side or you'll be in the fifth circle of hell with the two of them. But let's move on from that. And we got some more news out there. Uh, Kyle and Morgan Wade released their video. They sure did. Mixed reviews. <laughs> Lots of mixed reviews. We had mixed reviews in my household, actually. Yeah. That being said, what was your take on this? It's not the right, it's not the right <laughs> call. Just don't, I don't understand. Like, I get it if you're just trying to be cheeky and poke fun at the rumors that were floating around. But you can do it in a more fun way than that. That seemed the watching it fully and then rewatching some of the clips it's a it's pretty intimate honestly i mean i think that it almost confirms what we thought so my take was and i have not watched it all the way through okay so maybe that's why my take is what it is i think that it's fucking funny i think it's still funny I'm as like, hell i just great. don't like, know if it's the right call especially because it's you're married it may and, not be the right know. call but the first comment on the video was mo <laughs> uh, yeah it was like fire liked emojis. It. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's such a troll job to like the highest degree that it's almost laughable. And I like that. I think for me, it's like, yeah, you know what? Let's fully lean into this. Yeah. Now, Dev had a really interesting point and it made me rethink some things because we were talking about it. She said, it feels as though kyle's doing the most kyle is overproducing now she's overdoing it to the point where she's comparing her to chris jenner saying how chris you know tries to wheel and deal everything behind the scenes in the kardashians everything is played up she always has a plan is that what kyle's doing is she trying to do the most to be the most relevant for next season of beverly hills i don't think that's a bad call i mean I now, overall either. i think it's i think it's a really good theory but i don't think there's an i don't have a negative connotation to that i think that's a good move by kyle because we've been talking about how kyle can't just stand alone she never does this we never get personal stories she never shows any emotion unless it's with her sisters or whatever and she's always so bipartisan she'll just like hop back and forth if she's gonna do something like this and look like you want to compare it to chris jenner 
there is a reason why the Kardashians are the Kardashians, and it's because of Kris Jenner. So if Kyle's going to take a page out of her book, that's probably a good move. And Beverly Hills might need that. I, okay. Yeah. Did I, I just sway you again? Or are you just a seesaw right pretzel. now? I'm a pretzel. <laughs> I got a pretzel in my head. No, it, it's, yes, I see what you're saying. I don't think that's incorrect. But my issue then lies in, I don't like when things get overproduced. I don't like when they're trying too hard. So it's like this fine line of, I like that Kyle's trying. I like that she's making an effort, but at the same time, I don't want to see fake shit. If this all turns out to be a big hoax, a big ruse, that sucks. I don't think it's going to end up being a big ruse. I think that there is some credibility to her and Mo having marital issues. Maybe the uh, alleged affair with Morgan is a little produced, overplayed. overplayed, if you will. But I think overall, it's the off season. We're not getting this on, like, if we watch and it it's very clearly overproduced, then I'll agree with you. Okay. But it's it hasn't started yet. We've got two more months until it even comes out. So let's just wait and see. But I don't mind things like this happening in the off season when the show's not on air. You want to TBD it? Yeah, we can TBD it. Can TBD yeah. it. All right, TBD. Um, that means to be determined, guys. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Mansplaining. Yeah. Moving on. The last thing is Roslick. We got a little update on the cast. Mary Cosby is a friend of. We got a confessional from Mary, a uh, confessional scene or clip. We got a picture of it, but she was not on the actual, what, what do you want, the album cover. That's what I'm going to call it. Call it the album the cover. The album sure. cover for the yep. season. She's not lined up with She doesn't have a snowflake. Yeah, she's not a snowflake. Are you excited for Roslick? No. No, I'm just, I, I'm just not. I mean, yeah. they put Angie K in there. She's going to be a full time wife. No, I hate that. They have a new girl who I did some Instagram stalking just to see, and she's like creep. Not, she's not followed by anybody in Bravo. She's followed by Bravo TV, and she's followed by some random girl oh, that I knew I like 15 that. years ago. I like that actually. It could be good, could be bad. You know what I mean? Like if she doesn't have connections, if she's not really friends with other people, because you always see, even when Roni came out and we started looking into the new girls on Roni. You could see, all right, yeah, there's somebody from OC follows them or somebody from Beverly Hills or somebody from Atlanta, whatever. They've got connections and you know that they can bring it on camera. I, Salt Lake doesn't need another dud. I totally agree. I think my... And I'm not calling her a dud. I, I'm no, no, just no. saying there's... It's fair. Yeah. It's fair. I think my take on that is more so, oh, she's not a huge Bravo fan. She's not going to come on the screen trying to do the most immediately. Mm, yeah. That's what I think. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Honestly, I mean, obviously, we're going to watch it. But oh, you want a TBD this one? Not really excited. No, I'm, I mean, th- this is different than Beverly Hills. I'm not excited about Roslick. Just I'm not because really either. Last season sucked. I swear to God, if we start this season with the black with eye, the black eye, and they do some relapse thing where they do the fancy editing where they rewind back in time to Heather's fucking black eye, I'm going to turn the TV off. I don't even care if they have a video of what happened. I'm so over the black. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see if somebody walks in and like cold cocks her and that's how she got it. I don't care anymore. I genuinely don't need to see it. I just want to move on. Had, what if they had footage this whole time of Jen Shaw walking in and punching her just in the face maker. and just didn't leave it there? It just If they started with that, I'd be okay. That would be that fine. That would be funny. Or I guess, okay, I let me rephrase then. Uh, I'm, I'm going back on a lot tonight already. No. Flip flop. If there was footage of her turning around and just like going head first into that tree that you think the twig plant, that'd be great. Or just like walking head first into a wall or something, just boom, like oh fuck, like that. Okay, I'll watch that. The point of that was, yeah, there it would take a lot. 
if it's a storyline, I and I'm not kidding. The TV goes off. I'm not putting something else on. I'm just going to bed probably. That's or fair. just sitting on my couch alone and quiet. Just <laughs> <laughs> turning off the lights. That, that started so off so sad. sad. I know. Good God. Ross like makes me sad. All right. Well, let's go to something else then because you just bummed me yeah, out. Yeah. Let's get some happiness in here. That takes us to our rose and thorn. And I've got some funny ones this week. So why don't you kick us off there, Goots? Uh, it's funny because I don't even have to read my thorn because I memorized it. Oh, I like that. Sid's mom is checking out. Oh, fuck. That was mine. That was my rose. <laughs> that was your rose? <laughs> Damn it. If you've listened to us for the last, uh, she popped up, what, two months ago, maybe? Two or three, I and think. And she's left a couple of comments here and there. She's not a huge fan, but she, I guess, stuck it out and kept going. to listen. And this last comment was a one-star review, and it just said, I tried, I can't, dot, 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 over. That's why it was my rose. Finally, she's gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, maybe we'll start getting less one-star reviews because I think she accumulated a late, at least three or four somewhere in there. Uh, my rose comes from YouTube from Coffee Buzz, which I'm surprised that you didn't start the episode like this. Coffee Buzz called me Pablo Schutzkabar. Oh, fuck. I didn't yeah. see that one. That is funny. After your, Good one. You're the attractive younger version of Pablo Escobar. Young, hot Pablo Escobar. Yeah. It actually makes me want to trim down the, uh, uh, the what, what do you call this, scruff on my face and just lean further into the mustache. I think you should. I think there's a better name. There's definitely... Yeah, you'll come up with it for next week and then forget. Pablo like Pablo Escutbar. That works too, actually. <laughs> Escutbar sounds like a pretty good like, Escutbar. candy bar. I wouldn't eat that. It's got snails in it. What? What? Oh, Escargot. Wow. Deep pull. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. All right, you go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go now. All right. So for my I gotta I gotta shift a little bit, but I got something on deck that we're gonna it's a different approach. So let me start with it's kind of a double rose. The second one's thorny-ish. The first one, I'll I can't read the whole thing, it's really long. But from Meg's K S. Make your drive time enjoyable. Five stars. I've been listening to the bros for a while now. Their hilarious banter is like the perfect seasoning on an already delectable reality TV feast. Great intro. They serve up hot takes and roasted moments like a top chef, leaving me agreeing with almost all of their opinions. And the best part, they don't take themselves too seriously. It's like having a convo with two of your best guy friends who happen to know everything about the Bravoverse. But wait, it gets better. I'm a new mom, and before discovering this podcast, the only thing my daughter tolerated was subpar kid music. But guess what? Apparently, the little one's got taste. She absolutely enchanted. Oh, she's absolutely enchanted by either Steel and Shooter's voice. Not sure which one yet. So now I get to enjoy my Bravo time with a baby who happily listens along. Big Rose, I'm a little concerned about your child hearing us talk. Because they are going to say fuck at yep. some point. <laughs> there was another five-star review that said that it sounds like I'm listening to Pirates with Scurvy. Oh, yeah. that's Look, we've apologized for it. We've tried. It just doesn't work. We the, we have potty mouths. Potty mouths. We have a little it's potty okay. mouth. But here. you know what? We're the uh, not safe for work wiggles. Oh, yeah. I, that, I that. I'm, we're leaning into the wiggle yeah. thing. I like that. So my this one, I don't even know what you call it. But it's just I want to have a discussion because I think this is interesting. Okay. Okay, so we've talked in the past about when dudes get all weird about Bravo. They're like, oh, like you guys, I'm not going to watch this stupid shit. Oh, it's reality TV. It's stupid. It's nonsense. As though they don't get as involved in other things as their significant others do in Bravo. Yep. All right. So there was a thread, and it was about Avengers Kang Dynasty. 
Okay. Because that's coming out, and they announced the new- Oh, I like this. This is really going off the cuff. Yeah, but you're going to like it. So they announced the leads of the Avengers for this new movie, but I went to the comment section because the- that has not been super well received as to who's leading the Avengers into this charge against Kang. And if you watch Marvel, that makes sense because one of them is not even an actual superhero. No superpowers. Just- I saw a really funny quote on that, and it just said this team would get seventh seed in the East. Yeah. I so, so I think you might have looked at the same thread. I didn't go further into the thread. So I'm going to read a comment from somebody. All right. And this is from a dude that's a Marvel fan. Shang has potential, but he's only coming from Rookie of the Year. We got to see some improvement. As of right now, he'd be a great complimentary piece to chip. With that being said, we got to target Doctor Strange at the trade deadline. He can go toe-to-toe with Kang. Let's do Star-Lord, Kate Bishop, and some draft picks for my guy, Stephen Strange. Now, this is a man who I'm sure has made fun of reality TV in the past, because most dudes have, who is going so in-depth about costumed characters from comic books. There's nothing wrong with that. I love comic book movies. I like comic books. Never read them, but I like the worlds that they are in. You are getting so invested that you're talking in sports analogies. You're talking, again, about people wearing costumes that are cartoon characters from fictional stories. And you are this emphatic about it, and yet people that watch reality TV have a fucking problem? I like the ingenuity of seeing this and thinking you're going to put this on the show. I know. Also, Kate Bishop and... What did he say? Kate Bishop, Star-Lord, and some future draft picks? Yeah. That, that doesn't equate to Stephen Strange unless he's on an ex- expiring contract. Let's just be honest. But no, anyway, yeah. I love the ingenuity. I don't know what to say to you right now, <laughs> honestly. It's not what I was expecting. Um, yeah, that guy has a thousand percent made fun of. One girl that he went on a couple of dates with that mentioned Real Housewives at one point and said, nah, I, I can't date a girl like that that watches yep. reality TV. That's crazy. Then went home and watched let's say Avengers Endgame for the 54th time. Yep. And fell asleep. Yep. In his mom's basement. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Checks out. Yep. So I just wanted to call attention to that. I think it's really funny that there's this double standard of what you're allowed to be obsessed with or what you're allowed to indulge your time with. Like the fact that this is even an argument to this day is one of the dumbest things in the world to both of us. I'll never understand gatekeeping TV shows or trying to comment on what other people enjoy doing with their free time. Like, who the fuck are you, buddy? I'll never get it. But that's where my brain went when I saw that. But that takes us back to Atlanta. And we are starting out with Marlo and her boys. And I just want to comment on this quickly. The boys want Scotty to come to Christmas. I saw that. I like that. I liked, I, I think I like Scotty. I think I like Scotty too. Um, Look, I mean, you're going to trust sons, and honestly speaking, they're her sons at this point. They are her sons. So if her sons see what I think is they see her happier. They see her maybe a little more in love with life, if you will. And what's the change? It's Scotley. Okay, let's see this guy who has made your life so much better. I think it makes sense. I think it's really nice. I think it's really accepting. I think it just goes to show you the dynamic that she has with her kids which I will focus on more than maybe the dynamic that she has with Drew or whoever else. Oh, absolutely. That makes me feel better. And Scott Lee's really grown on me. I also want to point out to her credit here, the fact that she's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not introducing you guys to a guy unless I know this is going somewhere. Yes. And I appreciate that. There's no reason to have them get an emotional connection to some dude if you're going to bounce later or if he's going to bounce later. So hats off to Marlo. I thought that was a cool scene. And then where was Sonya and her sister? And they've been going through it a little bit because 
her sister set some boundaries, finally, and rightfully so. Up until this point, she's kind of been, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but her assistant, more or less. Like, she yes. does her hair before shows. She is at her beck and call when she needs anything. And Sonya's done a really bad job of recognizing, oh, yeah, she has her own life and her own family, and maybe I'm overstepping. So now they're trying to figure out this dynamic, how this is going to work moving forward, because Sonya does need her sister. Her sister needs Sonya to respect her boundaries. I I mean, I liked it. Obviously, we've gone back and forth on this storyline pretty much since it started. I think there's a trade-off in there. I'm happy that they're at least having the discussion Mm -hmm. because obviously there's an adjustment period. Once Sonya says, okay, I need you guys to pretty much move out of the house. We, me and Ross need the house back. We need to kind of get back to what is right for our family. Obviously, her sister is going to take some issue with that. And we saw that over the last couple of episodes, but she's at least having the conversation now. And you can see that Sonya didn't take offense to her sister saying, you treat me like your little sister that's just here for your beck and call. Yep. That's not going to work anymore. Like, especially if I'm not living here, I guess there's sort of like an unspoken agreement. You're going to allow me to live here. Obviously, yes, I will help out. I'll clean up a little bit. I'll do your hair. I'll do that. But there's no trade-off anymore. If you're not going to let me live here, you need to respect my boundaries. I can't be here every single time that you need me. Yes, if you call me and say you need me a week from now because you have a party, I can come over and do your hair. Sure. Awesome. Great. Don't call me 20 minutes beforehand and just say, hey, can you come over and do this? Right. That's never going to work. So I I liked it. Um, I felt better about Sonya after that because I I feel like she's been a little more cold. She's been pretty cold towards her sister, I would say. Maybe because she doesn't really know how to handle the whole I thing. Think that's what I get from it is that she is nervous to lose her sister. Right. So instead of like opening up and like allowing for this conversation to really happen, she's more kind of like keeping it at an arm's yeah. length. Well, she she took responsibility, which any time that anybody on any of these shows takes responsibility fully and actually means it, we'll applaud that. Yeah, no, it was a good. Really scene. not that hard. No, it was nice to see her hear her sister and agree that yeah, I need to work on some things, but. We get the return of Cynthia Bailey, which didn't hit as hard for us. We did get a little of Cynthia in Ultimate Girls Trip, I believe. Yeah, two years ago. We we have not watched the season of Atlanta with Cynthia Bailey, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to comment mean things to us about us not having seen okay. her in the past, but you know, it is what it is. But we get a scene with her and Candy, and it's interesting. And I wonder if Cynthia was back, and I'm sure we'll get shit for this too, but... Candy seems to really resonate with Cynthia. Candy, I noticed that right away. Candy speaks with Cynthia way different than anybody else Every, in the show. And like, I guess I the, think they're actually friends. I think that's the that's difference. What, yeah, yeah, and like you see her with Sheree. I think that she is the most open with Sheree, but even that's not a hundred percent genuine. Yep. I don't think because she's still like they're still kind of throwing jabs at one another. With Cynthia, it sounded like. Honestly, it sounded like she was able to take a huge shit and be like, oh, God, can I just talk to a friend finally? Yes. Like, that's, that's yeah. what no, I, I I My ears perked up when Candy had Cynthia's bag. And I was like, Wait, that's a weird move for Candy. To mm-hmm. do. Usually it's just, you know, this is what I like. This is what I'm doing. Obviously, I don't really care about anything else. But as soon as that happened, I started to focus a little bit more on it. And it does. She just has a different disposition when she's talking to Cynthia versus anybody else. And the people that I would call her Candy's closest friends on the show, Kenya and Drew, obviously her and Drew are at odds because of what's going on with LaToya. I started thinking back and I haven't really seen like a genuine conversation with no. Candy, Candy and Kenya. No, I haven't either. I don't like I, at all. Here's the thing. And now that you brought it up, I'm just going to go into it. 
I don't think that anything Kenya does is genuine. I think everything she does is fake. I think it's all an act. I think it's all for her image and to push this narrative that she's she thinks she's fucking Beyonce. Yes. And she is not. And she walks around like she should be treated that way. That's her beef with Courtney. That's why, because she thinks she's so above it that she can't even deal with Courtney's shit or give her the time of day. Kenya thinks that she is God's gift to the earth. And it's ridiculous. And I'm sick of watching it. Yeah, no, it is pretty rough to watch. And I am happy because, look, Candy can handle her own. If yeah, Andy's standing alone, obviously Sheree's still going to be friends with her. Other people will find her more approachable if there's no buffer of Kenya and Drew in there that's just going to rip you down as soon as you get close to Candy. Yep. If Candy's by herself, she's great. Delightful. I, like, she's always been great. You got to remove the Kenya and Drew from the whole situation, and that's kind of what's happening. And look, I know that people say that this isn't the most exciting Atlanta season of all time. But when you watch it like we do and we watch it like analytically and we pay attention specifically to little things that happen in each episode, I would say that that's a huge difference in this season is breaking down that weird barrier that's going on yeah. because it allows other people to be open. No, it allows other people to be friends with each other and not just a stupid faction. And it doesn't allow for Kenya to just be a bully to whoever she wants. People are standing up for themselves now. I think that's great. And I think it's really good for the show moving forward. I agree. And, that you know, it's weird having our stances when we read the comments. Everyone's like, this season stinks. But they're discussing Drew. Uh, Cynthia and Candy are discussing Drew and the LaToya thing. And Candy, like we've said it in the past, I believe Candy. I 100% believe Candy saw some shit. As I watch this episode play out and I watch how LaToya was with Drew, I definitely think something happened. Yes. And not because they were like flirty or anything like that. More so. No, but LaToya texted Drew and said specifically no when Drew was showing Ralph. The, but to the me, messages. that's not. There, there's a lot. We'll, there's we'll, something we'll else going there. We'll but, wait. I, but all I'm saying is I agree with you. I agree with Candy because Candy's the only one whose story hasn't changed. No, it's been it's been steadfast yes. the whole time. And she's not one to. I don't think that she's going to lie about stuff. She also talks about being sex positive and not wanting to out anything anybody i took a little issue with that because in this instance you are technically outing somebody okay if you're yeah. talking about them actually kissing so but I, I mean i do believe she's sex positive she's behind bedroom candy and that's a i don't know what their numbers are but it seems like it's a successful sex toy company yeah, whatever works company whatever you want to call it i do need to say one thing it's interesting to me that you know female sex toys and the female sexuality in general is like lauded as like a beautiful thing. Like, Oh, they, they give vibrators at bachelorette parties yeah. and stuff like that. Could you imagine going to a bachelor party and everyone getting like a flashlight? <laughs> so much different. And I agree. I think that like, when you talk about dudes and toys, it's way grosser. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that at all. That's good. I think dudes are just gross. Dudes are just gross. Yeah, we're all, like, we're all all gro uh, gross dudes. It's just funny to me that like, oh, in this, in one side of it, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like they're in touch with their sexuality. Look at all these cool toys. And then you got dudes and it's like, no, we don't want to, no, 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 that's fucking gross. And it is, I mean, I agree. It's just a funny, funny juxtaposition. Well, I there. think the difference is when women are standing around and they're handing out the sex toys, they're talking about loving yourself and giving yourself what you need. When dudes are sitting around, they're not nah, talking about talk loving about yourself and doing that. You, you're you talking maybe about women and then you're womanizing and then it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the difference there. <laughs> the next scene we get is Drew in her closet and they're reorganizing it or some shit. And she's saying, and it's crazy to me that she's, she seems ride or die for Ralph and Ralph doesn't deserve that, but she's telling these two guys like, yeah, I want you to clean up my side and I, can you clean up Ralph's because you know, 
marriage is hard and like I need him to be happy and blah, blah. Like she's making all these little, it's little things and little things are important in a marriage, but she's doing the little things and it's never reciprocated. But we get Ralph coming into the closet and he's like, don't touch my shit. But he's also, they're talking about Latoya and Drew. And I wrote this line down because it stood out. Because it was one of the only things that he said. He says, what's the big deal? Yeah, that was like one of two lines that he said the entire time. Drew yeah. talked the whole time and he just stood there like licking his lips and like sucking on his, like the inside of his cheek. Yep. Like couldn't actually talk. But what's the big deal? And then later you use this as a reason that you guys are getting divorced. Yeah. So what's the big deal? This is the big deal. This is the big deal. According <laughs> Answered to his you, own question, dude, actually. According to you. <laughs> but. It's also interesting because in the beginning, we get a confessional about Vegas and, you know, what happened in Vegas. And his response was, I was working. No, you weren't. And when he come upstairs and she's like, can you come up here for a second? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, working, always working. It's like, bitch, no, you're not. You are not fucking down there working. There's no chance in hell. Then you come up here like, technology. Oh, do, 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 like, oh, let me take a break from my busy schedule to come be a piece of shit to my wife. Do, yeah. do, do, do. Like, fuck Ralph. I, honestly, I was getting the vibes more so in that scene that he doesn't want to be on camera anymore. And I think that he knows that this the marriage is ending. He's done. It like Drew's done. Whatever's going to happen. He just didn't look like a guy who wanted to be on camera anymore. And somebody forced him to go. That's oh, what I got from I, him because he only said like two things and was just keeping his mouth shut the whole time. So he didn't want to get into a fight on camera. Didn't want to push any further. Didn't want to even contribute to the conversation. And then only chimed in when he absolutely had to. Yeah, that's a good point. And they do discuss Courtney. And she's like, I'm not going to even call her cousin Courtney anymore. Or your cousin Courtney. Like, that's just Told Courtney. You. And it's just, I don't get it, man. I don't understand. Been family for four weeks. Yeah, which that's a whole different thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't. Matter. Like, there's no loyalty there. You just met this woman. Yes. I get that she's quote unquote family. But if she burns you, then you're more than. Like, if she burns you, it's the same as a new acquaintance burning you. It's Not only is she burning you, your husband is also, you're getting divorced from the husband that is her cousin. Right. So there's so a lot There's there. a lot going on. But I think it's dumb because she's like, I should have stepped in when I was with Marlo and like Courtney was saying shit. It's like, why though? Like, it's not about you. I don't get it. Like, Courtney, Courtney wasn't even saying shit. Courtney was just asking insane. questions. Like, what's the fucking Courtney problem? I don't get it. I think the problem mostly is Drew's afraid to go after Candy. Doesn't want to do it and is just kind of deflecting to other people. Oh. And Courtney's the easiest low hanging fruit, even though all she was doing was asking questions. But yeah, Courtney's getting thrown in there because she's just cannon fodder at this point because she doesn't really belong in the show, really, if you will. So Drew doesn't feel bad throwing her under the bus. Yeah. I mean, I think she I think she's earned a place on the show. I think she has done enough to at least come back as a friend of again. But I, I do think, think it's so, gonna yeah. be interesting if or not if, now that Ralph and Drew are divorced, what does that mean for Courtney? I don't think it means a whole lot. We've seen divorced people come back. We've seen ex-husbands, ex-wives, all that stuff. I don't think it's nuts that she comes back, but I do wonder if that plays a role. Yeah, I think she did enough with the Kenya falling in Portugal thing. I to, do too. To I earn that, a spot back at least as a friend. Though. Yeah, that was her aha moment. But moving on, we get Candy and Sheree, and they're discussing the kiss. Now, here's when I get a little weary, if you will. Because, or is it wary? A little wary. Weary, I'd be tired. Wary. Yes. A little wary. Because Kenya says she called Kenya, and Kenya says she saw the same thing. Bullshit. I don't believe Kenya. I do believe Candy. I think Kenya jumps on the wagon because she thinks it's going to look good for her in the season. I'm all aboard the Kenya fakes everything train now. Okay. So I like this stance. That's what I firmly believe that. But 
Candy's issue is not even with the kiss. Candy has an issue because now Drew's calling her a liar. Yes. This is about her integrity. It's about her principles. Like She's like, I will not be labeled a liar because I'm not. I saw this. It's not a big deal. I didn't think it was a big deal then. I don't think it's a big deal now, but you're not going to walk around and disparage my name and call me a liar because I am not. And I... I fucking believe her. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I just, I believe Candy at this point. Yeah. And we've had a little bit of discussion about it prior to this scene, but, you know, it, what comes into question now is Drew is supposed to play the leading lady in Todd's movie, and both parties have now expressed that, okay, well, if this is what's going on, like, maybe she doesn't need to be in the movie. Candy says that kind of in passing, but when Sheree lets her know, well, Drew says something similar, and you go to the scene of Drew, who's like, I have so many movie offers. I don't need this one. Yeah. It's like, dude, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like, you're you're on a good track. Just got back. Yeah, you just yep. got back. You're landing some roles, which is great, whether it's because you know Candy or not, it's irrelevant. You need a foot in the door. You got a foot in the door. Great. Your song's doing okay. You just made a music video with Rage. Like, you got some shit cooking. Don't get too big for your britches now. Like, don't get all cocky and shit early because you're on the right track. But let's not forget, being in Candy's movie can move your career along. And if you're not, Candy's fine. Yeah. Todd is fine. Yeah, you're not going to hurt anybody but yourself in this situation. Yeah, they're not going to lose out here. They'll find somebody else to do it. Somebody great, I'm sure. And they have the money. They have the money if this movie tanks. There's no risk really for that. You put Cynthia in the leading lady at this point. I mean, there's- She wants in. Yeah, there's no- You could put fucking Kenya as chomping at the bit. She's still upset that she wasn't picked. So like, there's options, and I don't think Drew understands that, or at least she's not putting that together right now, that like, hey, Candy might not need you, but you need Candy here. So like, careful. But we find out that LaToya is going to be at the Peach Buzz Museum for the party later. And the Peach Buzz Museum was a selfie museum turned into a sex selfie museum. Oh, yeah. And uh, it takes us right to the party pretty much. And that's, I didn't really know about Bedroom Candy. I'm not going to lie. No, I had no idea. It's a great name. Bedroom Candy is a great name. But the ladies all start to arrive. I needed to write this down because your big issue with Courtney was that she enters a room at a very high volume and a very high pitch. Courtney walked in very subdued. Very subdued. Very subdued. Yep. Very under control. I wanted to give her credit there. But everyone else starts coming in, and Candy and Marlo have this little moment, and then we get a confessional. I think this is super important to point out, because I wish more housewives could do this. They both understand, I think, at this point, we're not going to be friends. Yep. And that's fine. We can be cordial. We can go about our business separate from one another. We can be in the same room. We can have our little niceties. Hey, how are you? How are you? Oh, nice party, whatever. Oh, what's that? That's fine. You don't have to be tight. And I'm glad that they could come to terms on that. I'm sure we'll see them blow up again eventually. But at least for the time being, that was nice to see. I thought it was hysterical when Candy's giving sex tips and Sonia is openly saying like, shit, I need to write this stuff down. Like, yeah, this is good. that was funny. That was a good, that was a really good moment. I also saw her try to get Ross up on the sex swing and he's like, fuck no, I'm not getting up yeah, there. Yeah, no, Ross was like, what? no, 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 this ain't happening. But when Cynthia arrives, we start to learn a little bit about her and Kenya's relationship. I guess after that Ultimate Girls trip, they had a big falling out. Things were not great there. They reconnected at Teresa's wedding, of all places. A place where everybody goes to meet and squash issues, unless you're Teresa in jail. Yep. You go to Teresa's wedding to solve your problems. Everybody knows that. But that's when Drew walks in with Ralph. And this was weird. This scene was weird as shit. Because Marlo goes up to Ralph to kind of, I guess, squash things. Mm -hmm. Or did Ralph go up to her? No, Marlo went over to Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. 
And her He was at the bar putting the eyes out, you know. He was putting that. Yeah, the vibes were being given out for sure. But the approach was weird from Marlo because she's dragging Drew to Ralph. Openly. Openly. Yep. Ralph's not saying a fucking word. Nope. That's ridiculous. And his only issue is that he was being talked about still. And she says, like, dude, all I said was he's in tech. And that is actually all she said. Yep. There was absolutely no reason for Ralph to text her about it. No, not at all. But I also don't think because when we went back and watched that, the way that Drew reacted to Marlo saying, I do the same thing as your husband, she starts freaking out immediately and saying, what are you going to talk about my husband now? And that's all she said. Yeah. So three, four days later, maybe Drew has spun it into a completely different story. Yes. Then told Ralph and then Ralph heard something completely different and goes to Marlo. Now, it says a lot about their relationship that one, obviously... Ralph is weirdly not sticking up for his wife. He just kind of shakes his head, says a couple of things, and then stops and just lets Marlo talk again and just keep putting Drew down. But two, he pretty much believed Marlo right away. Immediately. There was no other hesitation. He didn't say, I heard this or I heard this. He just said, yeah, you know, like, it really sucks when you hear somebody's talking about you because I feel like I love you, like, we're close, blah, 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 whatever. Weird. It, it was really weird. Fucking and it weird. just shows you, I think, the state of their marriage at that point. And the state of Ralph in general. Yeah. I don't care who it is. If anybody comes up to me talking shit about Dev, I'm going scorched earth. Yeah. You don't talk about my wife. like yeah. that, You say that. Don't sit there and like nod along with it. That's that's ridiculous. It was, yeah, it was a really weird scene. It's just that's who Ralph is. Ralph never disappoints. A couple of Aquarius twins, you know. It's okay. Fuck me. What a dumb... Ugh. I'm anyway, Aquarius, LaToya finally shows up to the party, and she's upset with Candy. And I think, rightfully so. I didn't even think about that part of it, but the fact that she wasn't there in Portugal to defend herself... She became the main topic of conversation amongst a group of women that she was not involved with, like she was previously, but she has no business with these like this crew in Portugal. Yeah. And they're sitting there dragging her name because she's associated with Drew in this potential makeout. Let's also talk about the fact this is not the end of the world. Like if no. they smooched, like shit, even Ralph said, What's the big deal? Until Ralph <laughs> needs to use it against her, right? Like that's a whole different thing. But yeah, like that. To your point, though, he's even like, yeah, what the fuck? It's a kiss. Like, is it? I mean, if Ralph had a big issue with it or something and it like rocked their marriage, that's right. one thing. But it if seems they're filming to... a music video together and they get really close. then that's something, another thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, it doesn't. It that doesn't wasn't a reference to Drew's video. That no, no, was... I know. OK. All yeah. right. Cool. But I don't get the problem. I really don't. But the problem with Drew's stance on it is like, she's saying anything now and that makes you less and less credible. She's like, yep. if you look at the videos that Marlo sent, they were edited. No, they weren't. They might've been cut shorter. I do not believe that Marlo knows how to edit a video. She's like not that. going like, through no. it and, and like she also just, clipping things. Yeah. Like, come she on. She sent it that night. There's no way that she clipped the video together and sent it out. I, I agree. And then this is the most damning line of it all. And then I get twisted into a pretzel again at the end of the episode. And we're going to wrap it up right now. But LaToya asks Drew, you believe Candy's genuine? Drew says, yeah, I do believe Candy's genuine. She's like, okay, well, if you believe she's genuine, why don't you believe she saw us kissed? I'm like, well, if fucking LaToya is saying that, then they clearly kissed. I or know. were they so drunk they don't remember? Is that what we're going with now? LaToya like, has doing? maintained a 
position of saying no, no, we didn't kiss. No, we didn't kiss. And then she weirdly defended Candy. I I didn't. I I was in a glass case of emotion. I, know. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I had to go back and make sure that I didn't miss something else that happened. I did. I rewound. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, maybe I missed something like in the scuffle of everybody coming into the party at the same time, and somebody said something. Nope. Just Nothing completely missed it. Out of nowhere, Latoya just does a complete 180, sides with Candy, makes Drew out to be the crazy person. And then Drew's like, you know what? Let's just, uh, I don't know. And then Candy's like, let's just agree to disagree. We'll walk away. And move Stop on. talking about yeah, it. Let's move on from this. Yeah. But then we get clips at the end of the episode. And this makes me backtrack again because at the end of the episode, I guess Candy did a Zoom interview or something with Latoya. And when asked about that, Latoya vehemently says, no, yeah. we did not kiss. And Candy says, oh, well, maybe I misremembered. Maybe I'm wrong. If so, that's my bad. But now she's so steadfast and knowing. And then if that's true that this didn't happen and she's so confident about it, that makes me rethink Candy. Maybe yep. she does lie. This end, The end clips really fucked me up. Yeah, yeah they really threw me for a loop there. They've been doing it for weeks now, and they, these end clips are great. What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about Rocket Money. I don't know about all of you, but I know that I have about 10,000 subscriptions, and I use about five of them. Every time something pops up, it's like the free trial. Oh, Paramount Plus, click. Oh, Disney Plus, click. Oh, Netflix, click. I click everything. For the free trial, I forget about it. I check my account like a month or two months or three months or a year later. I'm like, shit, I'm still paying for that. I don't use that anymore. Are your subscriptions draining your wallet? The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember subscribing to half of them. If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's the great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to $100. When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services you used to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 per year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. That's rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. Rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. That takes us back to Orange County, much to Shooter's chagrin. We are returning to the OC, and we have differing opinions here because did I love it? No. Did I think it was a better episode than what I've watched this season? Yes, I did. I think you liked it more because Tamara didn't take center stage with screaming and yelling the whole time. Maybe. I, th I really, that's the only thing that I can think, but the rest of it's just, it's boring. Maybe like other people are invested in these characters, if you will. I'm not. Like, I'm just going to be playing about it. It's just boring to me. I don't need to watch women sit around and try to tear down somebody else's relationship. I mean, I have opinions on it, of course, because I watched it. Oh, we'll discuss it. But as far as likability goes, there's not a lot out there on this show. Like, I'm trying really hard. I like Emily. Even even Emily I didn't like in this episode. Like, oh. it's it's hard because I'm trying really hard to at least find one person that I can agree with most of the time, enjoy them on screen. Pretty much everything else that we look for in all the shows. Most shows, we get multiple people who are like, yeah, yeah, I understand where they're coming from. I get that. This show, I just don't feel any of them. They're all either fake or they're super out of touch. Okay. I think that's actually a reasonable analysis of it. But 
I want to start out with Gina and Heather at the pumpkin patch and um, Jen and Tamara are hosting a party together. And I guess that's in an attempt to squash whatever beef they have amongst one another. Gina is confused about it because of the state of the friendship overall. She doesn't understand why Jen would keep hanging around with Tamara. None of us do. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I didn't think they were friends, according to Tamara's comments last week. Yeah, <laughs> literally her comments in our TikTok. But as you already said, the main takeaway from this episode is relationships. Everybody's digging about everybody else's relationship. Shannon is poking around about Gina's relationship, which I'm pretty sure is just in response to hearing that Gina's asking about Shannon's relationship. In my eyes, all that Shannon is doing to everybody in the group, and we'll see much more of it later in the episode, is projecting. Yes. She's just projecting on other people. We've seen Travis and Gina. They're fine. For Shannon to think there's a red flag, I do not understand what people's hang-up is with Gina still discussing her previous marriage. No, I, I don't really get it either. And that's I think that's probably the behavior that's really turning me off, is they're clearly not really friends. Maybe, uh, okay. maybe like Gina and Emily, I could see actually being friends. The rest of them don't seem like they're actually friends. It just seems like they're filming together. You have to have at least one or two friendships in all of these shows because there's actual real moments. All of these moments just seem stupid. And when you really boil it down, it's like, okay, why are you digging into somebody's relationship when you're not that close? Your close friends know, hey, I'm going to talk to you one-on-one. Just see if you're all right. If you open up a little bit, we'll go into it. If you don't, then we're not going to go into it. That's how normal friendships work. We actually so, see that with, uh, who is it? Taylor was her name? Taylor and Jen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The other yeah. Taylor. Yes, yes, yes. That happened. But these women who are taking center stage, they're digging into each other's relationships just for dirt. Like, yeah. Just so they have something to talk about on the Slimy. show. It's just stupid. And it's dumb. And it's, uh, again, it's overproduced. It's just people that are trying to make a big splash on TV. And it's not hitting. I don't care. I, I Look, I don't see a lot of people online talking about OC as it is. I don't think a lot of people are really enjoying it. I do think it's just a show that you need to scrap altogether. Let it go away. Rebuild with a new cast in like two or three years and see what happens. I agree with you. I think that I am not thoroughly enjoying it. But the one quote that I want to discuss is at the end of the scene, Heather says there's a difference between talking about something and talking against something because Heather kind of shuts down mid conversation yes. when Gina starts to question Shannon. That's bullshit because we watch Heather when it is in her benefit, she'll say whatever to whomever and she'll say mean things in confessionals and she'll talk shit about people. That's talking against them, Heather. That's literally what you just, I don't do that. I don't, I don't believe in that. Yes. Yeah, you do. You, you perpetrate that week in and week out. Yeah. We watch it. I don't, that's probably my issue with this crew, and it's more so to what you're saying is like my big problem with the world as a whole, if you really want to get into it, and I've said it before. Oh, the world? The Everyone? world oh, God. is the overall lack of self-awareness. Like, yeah. I, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that people can say one thing and do another or preach one thing and then act a totally different way. It doesn't make any sense. Have the wherewithal to look in the mirror and be like, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm not telling you to change who you are even though you probably should if you're an asshole. But I'm not saying change who you are, but don't walk around and act like you're not an asshole when you are an asshole and say things like, oh, I wouldn't do that when you just did that. When we watched you, there's cameras, people. There are cameras here. That's what I'm saying. That, that That's where the out-of-touch comment comes from. I feel like it's weird that Heather took that stance on a weird difference of prepositional phrases that basically mean the same thing. You're still, if you're talking about something or talking about someone to other people in the group, you're just perpetuating rumors. Yeah. That's all you're doing. 
if you're talking against something, then you're doing it maliciously. It, there's just a different level, but it's overall the same exact thing. It's just semantics. There's, there's no reason for you to talk about anything if it doesn't affect you directly. Now, look, if you're trying to guise it that you're, you want to help Shannon and you're do this and do about that, her. Bullshit. I think, look, I think that there is an issue there with Shannon and we see it a little bit later when she's approached and she's kind of arguing. I think she was arguing, not with Emily, but she asked Emily, when did I talk to you about my relationship? And Emily said, you talked to me on this date at this restaurant two months ago, specifically two months ago and told me a lot of things. And Shannon was blank faced and said, I don't remember doing that. Shut down immediately. You could see in her face that she knows that there is a chance that she talked badly about her relationship, which is fine. That's the problem that I have. I think that Emily is coming from a place of actual concern. She cares. And saying, I heard you talk about this. I am afraid to talk to you about it because when you're sober, you're it's just not going to get through. You're not going to say anything. When you're drunk, you want to talk about it more. The other women, I just don't see that. I think they just like to have things to talk about about each other. And that's the shit that I don't like. Well said. Like Chief Keefe said. That's that shit I don't like. Yeah. Thanks, Chief Keefe. But we get Jen with her friend Taylor, and they're discussing Ryan, and this is a normal friend conversation. And do I think Ryan's on the up and up? Not really, no. But this is how a friend approaches it. How are you? How's Ryan? How is everything? Are you feeling okay in your relationship? What are some things that worry you? And then the marriage thing gets brought up because we get a clip of Ryan saying, you know, in the next 12 months, I think we'll be married. It actually gave me a sense of comfort in hearing Jen say, I'm worried that if we put rings on it because things are so good now that he'll feel trapped and do some of the same shit. The fact that she's aware that it could happen again made me a little bit less, I don't know if skeptical is the right word, because on the flip side of that, if you're concerned that taking it to the next level will cause a problem and he will step out. That's a massive red flag. It's a huge red flag, and at least it's a stepping stone towards taking it more seriously. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like you're really taking it that seriously. It seems like you're having a lot of fun and then closing a blind eye to maybe what he's doing elsewhere. Right. Because he has a very extenuating history when it comes to cheating on a spouse or a girlfriend or whatever. Or when you were, quote unquote, on a break. Yes. Or whatever the hell may have happened. I think that she's just having a good time, and maybe she just likes the companionship, and she's not really focusing on certain things. But like you said, this is an actual friend conversation. So I think that this Taylor is bringing up certain aspects of what she knows about Jen, which is helping Jen maybe kind of open up a little bit. And when she says, are you afraid that once you go full-blown divorced, is he going to want to get married right away? Are you kind of using that as like a buffer to make sure that it doesn't happen? She says, yeah, I guess I am. She hadn't thought about that. You can see it in her face. Again, face always tells the truth, right? Yeah, that's what they the say. Face always, face tells, always, face tells, always the tells the truth. It looks like she's scared about the future, doesn't really know what to do, which is also okay. But have real friends around you. Don't have fucking Tamara around who's just going to spread lies about you guys cheating and doing this and that before you were actually broken up with your ex. Don't have other people around that are going to dig into your relationship. Talk to your real friends about these things or don't be on a fucking reality show. That's a good point. But I think it's interesting because you see the two conversations, the conversations that she has with the group leads to her questioning her relationship with Ryan. Is it the right thing? The conversation with her real friend has her questioning, okay, is this the right thing? Am I afraid to move forward for a certain, it's more constructive. She's able to build off of that more so than just, oh, he sucks. He's cheating and you're an idiot. Like that's not as helpful. But, um. Let's just get to the party. 
And everybody arrives to the house, and we get a little moment between Jen and Tamara. And, and in Jen's confessional, she says that she's going to watch Tamara and the tequila, which means she's going to see how Tamara reacts once she starts boozing, because we do see a dark side of Tamara. I think Tamara's like that all the time. I think that the booze makes it worse, obviously, but yeah. I think that's just who she is. That's everything I've ever seen of her, both on the show and all the stuff that she says. Like, this is just inherently who Tamara Judge is, but... Everybody looks great. I thought they understood the assignment. I thought they went all out. And I thought they did look like one another. I love the fact that everybody at one point or another takes offense to the way they're being portrayed. Yeah, even the people that walked in and said, wow, that's actually a really good job. That Not, not a bad job at all. Kind of looks like me. It's really funny. Two hours later. Well, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, come on now. They're not actually you. Like you, <laughs> you understand that? They're, they're still them. And it's also like, yes, I guess you are kind of playing it up for an audience that will watch this later. But it's not like they're doing it on stage in front of people that you know and love. Yeah, it's, like, just, it, it's funny. Yeah. Like, take it for what it is. It's fucking funny. But Vicky shows up with a keg. And I, missed, I, lo- I missed Vicky. I know. I never thought if you told that. me after Ultimate Girls Trip that Vicky is going to be the one that I like from OC the most... I would have never believed you. No, not in a million years, but she walks in with the keg and does the worst, or I thought the worst keg stand ever, and then Shannon does an even worse keg Shannon's stand. Shannon's was awful. Well, do you do you remember your record on a keg stand? It was up there. It was over 30 seconds, probably. I got over a minute once. Full minute? Full yeah. Minute I think once. I was in the 40s somewhere, but yeah, I don't know how I would do now. You gotta get those numbies up. Get the, you know, that's rookie shit. But <laughs> buy a keg and I'll hold your feet up until you get 60. And we'll get your root beer keg and we'll hold you up. Oh, that sounds worse. I think doing a keg stand <laughs> with a root beer would be, oh my God. Do you remember our freshman year in high school? This is where we went to high school. Okay. Our freshman year of high school, Brooks and his class for. Uh, oh, for the, the relay race. Yeah. So yeah. for color day, was it color day? Uh, blue, blue and blue day. day. For blue and blue day, it's like our field day at school or whatever. And the seniors always do like a big thing in the beginning of it to kind of kick things off it's usually prank-esque but my brother's class he was a senior ran to the 50 yard line with a keg of root beer and did keg stands on the football field yep. in front of the entire school and that was totally fine not no one, just the high school also the lower school the lower school's there as well like literally the entire school it's is there seven-year-olds <laughs> yeah and they're doing and not only was it fine teachers laughed at it. yes that's where we went to high school uh-huh. so when we tell you crazy high school stories they actually fucking happen. yes but uh Back to the OC, though. I wish we were actually watching the OC and not Rosie, but... Um, oh, I would love to watch the OC. California. Should we do that? We can do that. Let's watch some sitcoms and shit. I would love to. I would love to. I would love to review the OC. I missed that show, but this is when the Shannon conversations start. Gina and Emily are discussing their relationship, and Emily says that Shannon shared some things with her that sounded really bad. Gina said the same thing. Tamara said the same thing. Heather said the same thing. Heather's the one that initiated these conversations with most of the ladies. She brings it up to them. But then when we get Shannon dragging Heather away from the table to talk about it, Heather's like, I would never. Like, I'm a vault. Anytime you have to say vault more than once, you are not a vault. I'm not, not only that, but she shit. started saying vaulting. Vaulting sounds like you're it's doing a pole Also, vault. certainly not what that means. No, yeah. that means you're jumping or something. You're vaulting. You're leaving the floor. <laughs> Leaping to conclusions is what I probably would say. Ah, uh, hey jump to conclusions, yep. Matt? Little uh, office space reference yeah. there. But I think the main takeaway from all these ladies is that they just want to be able to discuss it. Every time it comes up, Shannon, who brings it up anytime she's lit, 
when she's not drunk or doesn't want to talk about it, then she acts as though everyone's coming for her and everyone's trying to drag her down. While some of these women might be, Emily is clearly invested in this. Emily is more upset at the fact that she shares things with Shannon and Shannon doesn't reciprocate. It's not so much that there might be some bad things going on. They're all obviously concerned about that. And the more I hear from each of these women say things like John calls her fat and unattractive and John has never slept at her place. That's Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. She doesn't sleep over there because John has a son. That's fucking weird. Like, there's a lot of red flags here. And from Shannon's reaction, I think we need to focus on that one the most. Her reaction with Emily, because I do believe that her and Emily seem to be the closest, at least when it comes to discussing things like this. At least Emily feels that way. For her to just freeze up and kind of glance towards the camera and then say, like, I don't remember any of that. You clearly know that you said something or else you would be up in arms. This would be the most pissed off you get because you'd be like, that never happened, blah, blah, blah. Instead, you went, oh, fuck. It's like she was caught off guard because Emily actually had verbal receipts, if you will. Yes. And she didn't even say specifically what you told her. All she was saying is you told me a couple of things that were alarming at this restaurant two months ago, and you can see it right all, all, all over Shannon's face. She knows immediately, yeah, two months ago, it was probably really rough. There was a lot going on. Maybe I did vent. Maybe I got a little too drunk, don't remember, or maybe I wasn't drunk at all, and I just don't remember what I said because it was just like word vomit coming out because I had to tell somebody. And that's the difference is Emily seemed genuinely concerned for her, and I think that maybe even Shannon kind of realized that in that moment, and I think that's why Shannon wanted to get away from everything. Heather clearly doesn't give a shit. Heather just wants some gossip to talk about. She does it. She gets caught. She gets cornered, and she starts making up excuses, saying that she would never do that, yelling at everybody else because they all did the same thing. It's like, no, honestly, you're the lowest on the totem pole as far as people care. I would say Gina, Tamara fucking anybody else it actually gives somewhat of a shit about what's going on with shannon you don't you just want something to talk about because you're bored and you can't get into a movie because you haven't been in a movie in 25 years but you turn down the one offer that you yeah have. it's just it, it doesn't make any sense and it's just like it didn't infuriate me to watch which a couple of weeks ago it infuriated me to yeah. watch it's just kind of boring and it's just like shit that isn't really that interesting no and you know that it's pretty much the entire evening more or less yeah. but I just want to talk about with Shannon, like the stuff that I'm seeing from her, the reactions, hearing that she is paralyzed, having paralyzing arguments like that's alarming. Like, I think that she tried to swing it like this is how all relationships work. Everybody gets into bad arguments and we don't really talk about it. It's not a big thing. Really? Sometimes you get paralyzed by an argument. It's like, oh, no, No, you don't. You shouldn't. Yeah, you you shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah, maybe you do, but you don't. You shouldn't. And I think that for me, when I see somebody get that defensive and unwilling to listen do i think it's impossible to be in a setting like that and have a constructive conversation yeah because everybody's bringing it up i i know for me if that was or if i was in her shoes and that was going on i would be like fuck this i'm leaving like i I can't where are the one-on-one situations give me a scene where heather and shannon go to lunch just the two of them not husbands not fucking Tamara. they just sit down and talk about what's bothering them like i get it in some situations in some of these shows Things get handled and actually resolved when you do it in a group setting. But usually when it's just between two people, hash it out alone or try to hash it out alone and then have it blow up a little bit more. But either way, at least try. This just doesn't work. I think the setup needs to be this. Until the information is brought to light and we know exactly what's going on, everybody's on the same page, have a one-on-one so that we, the viewer, can get on the same page. The two people that are closest to it can get on the same page. Like, okay, this is what's going on. Then you can address it with the group. 
But when it's all speculation and it's all rumors, it's all she said this, she said that, she's talking shit, she's talking shit. When you get in the group setting and it comes up, it's just chaos. There's no direction. There's nothing being accomplished. It's not fun because no one's saying anything worth substance. It's just nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. Night blows up. Night's ruined. Everybody leaves. Yes. There's no constructiveness to it. And we need some kind of rebuild or complete breakup. Like there needs to be one of the two. You need to be moving in some kind of direction to hold attention because just screaming and nobody getting anywhere is annoying. It's not fun to watch. And that takes us to the question portion. We're going to start it out with a great one from Tall Butt 521 Are you guys bored? And this is in reference to OC. Yeah. Yeah. Big e- time. Extremely. Yeah. We're sick of it. We're over it. We're ready for the new shows to come back. Love a good tall butt. Yeah. I'd actually be less bored with a tall butt. Like if you had a tall butt? Yeah. If I had a tall butt, if you had a tall oh. butt. Wait. If I'd I had a tall... I'd check out your tall butt. Thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Just like continuous back. No, no, I got you. Don't have to keep going. I got it. From Kathleen Trask, one thoughts on Emily admitting to going after Heather a bit too much when Heather asked. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. I don't think that Emily's been too hard on her. I think that Emily calls her out on her shit, and Heather doesn't like that. Yes, I, I think that's exactly it. And Emily's the only one who does that. Yeah, that's the only thing I see. I think. Oh, yeah, nothing more to be said about that. From Marky Mark C, do you think Shannon is the real person to blame in the talking about John debacle? Uh, I don't know because a lot of these women aren't really mentioning their sources. And some of them are, yeah, I would probably say it's probably Shannon. I think that Shannon's saying things or letting things on, maybe acting differently after a fight or whatever might happen. It seems like they're getting most of their information directly from Shannon. Because I feel like in other shows when we see something like this happen, which is annoying still, they will say, you know, talk on the town or I talk to a friend who knows you or knows your husband or knows your boyfriend or whatever. It seems like it's coming from Shannon. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I, that she starts it and then wants to reel it in after she sobers yes. up and then she's like, oh shit. Yeah. From Savor This, do you think Luke or Laura will ever work again after this? Definitely not on Blue Deck. No, absolutely not no. on TV uh, as far as in yachting in general. I don't know. I don't I have know no idea how that, how that world works. works. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, if there's a formal complaint, probably Luke's Luke probably not because there's got to be a formal complaint somewhere in there, and that'll get through pretty much throughout the industry. Laura maybe because her formal complaint is probably like verbal abuse, but I, I don't know. I yeah, I I mean, I hope that they don't ever work again. I hope they're both homeless within a month. But um, living in Australia, getting attacked by spiders. Yeah, that would be fantastic. From D Tuttle forty five. I wish someone had punched Luke. And the only reason I'm reading this one is I think everybody watching has the same reaction. I think everybody seeing that has anger and wants to do that. I think that because of the way that the, the crew and cast handled it was so much more productive, so much more beneficial to the real victim here, who's Margot, and that's who we need to be concerned about. I think that had violence taken place, it takes away from that. I yes. think that it, it, it's never the answer regardless of would I have punched him? Yeah, 100%. Would that have helped the situation? Absolutely not. Yep, I agree. But um, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, we'll uh, catch you next week. Yeah, we got two episodes again next week. We're back on sketch, back on track. Summer's winding down, unfortunately. But uh, 
Oh, well, uh, it's not unfortunate. I'm not a summer guy. I like the fall. Yeah, but I'm off for the summer if I was a teacher or a student, sure. But, yeah, you know, no, I still I'm, have to work every fucking day. I'm ready for football season. I'm ready That's for 60 degree, thing. like, light jacket. I'm a big light jacket guy. I think they look great with anything. Crew neck sweatshirt, you know, shorts. Look, crew necks. Oof. You know, we're, we're getting ready for the fall. Fit. We're, you know, we're a bunch of Thottom boys here. We are some Thottom boys. Yeah, we get a little Thottom. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just wait. Wait till you see the jorts I bought for fall. I was just going to say you can't wear jorts in the fall, but I guess According if you're going to. to I'm just saying, if it's a little too cold, you don't. Your legs get cold. My legs get really cold. I get really cold in general. You're a big pants guy, though. I am a big pants guy. I think the pants. I don't know why we're getting into this, but I think the pants are just a better look most of the time. I think that there's there's a time and a place for shorts, but I think pants always look better. Fair enough. <laughs> That's what we're gonna leave you <laughs> with. Make sure you follow us on our socials for more pant talk at Bravo underscore Bros on everything and on YouTube. Subscribe at Brav Bros Podcast. Other than that. You got anything else? See you next week. Bye.